Welcome to the program, Fresh Prince. How are you doing? Man, I couldn't be better. Brett, how are you today? Um, I'm doing all right. I'm doing all right. I just ran a webinar tonight, and uh, I'm, I'm very warm sitting in my office. I had to turn the fan off, so I didn't hear them. <laughs> I was going to say, why, why are you all warm? Like, you, you wearing like flannel? No, 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 no. I'm not. I'm not it's not. It's much. not yet. It's not. It's not quite flannel weather yet, man. <laughs> not quite yet. No, no. I just had to turn the fans off so I didn't have too much noise to compete with. So, oh, okay. looking at the NFFL this week, two undefeated teams were handed their first losses this week. Oh man, you knew it was bound to happen. Can't stay. You cannot stay perfect forever. Oh no! It's always a waiting game till those first dominoes fall. And two previously winless teams notched their first victory. I'm saying it took. It took me like three weeks, man. I'm like, come on. Yeah, it couldn't have come. It couldn't have come against a better man, though. I mean, the Flutie Flakes, you know, 302 had to drop it on them, so. Yeah, man, got that nice little history. Yeah, and from a fun statistical standpoint, I mentioned last week that none of the top five defensive backs on the week had not been rostered by any teams. That happened again this week. Man, I'm not going to lie. There's there's just, like, there's players that are just like, What? You know, like when when uh, Levante David is twentieth ranked in tackles, and Lamar uh, from Baltimore is like third in NFL rushing. It's like, come on, man. Yeah, let, me, let me give them to you really quick. Byron Murphy Jr., Malcolm Jenkins, Chuck Clark, Marshawn Lattimore, and Brandon Jones were the top five DBs this week. No one had them on a Not roster. A- the only two dudes in that list that I even recognize are Malcolm Jenkins and Lattimore. <laughs> and of the top five DLs, only Miles Garrett was was uh, rostered. He started. Oh, he uh, man, he had his Flutie Flakes this week, man. Mm-hmm. Four, Four and, and a half, half sacks. <laughs> it, it was like you know he he, he could have just played Chicago by himself. I think he might have. I really do. But yeah, Javon Hargrave, Daryl Taylor, Taylor, Christian Wilkins, and Jadavian Clowney are the other four. Clowney? He's still around? Oh, yeah. My he, word. He plays in Cleveland. Wow. Oh, that's right. See? Him and Miles. Man. What? What is... <laughs> What is Cleveland? I mean, can we can we get a little bit of that magic? <laughs> <laughs> I think that we might have sold it all. <laughs> no, it's all gone, man. Oh uh, yeah. All right, so let's move into some news here. So only two NFL teams this week surpassed their projected final scores. Only two out of twelve. Yeah, it was a pretty much an underachieving week. It really was. It was quite disappointing. Quite. So, on the injury front, got a few hamstring injuries. A.J. Brown, Sterling Shepard, Darius Slayton, two of those Giants wide receivers. I believe you're friendly with one of them. Yeah, I know. I mean, I was like, Sterling Shepard was kind of like my dark horse, and now he's my, like, quarter horse. He only got, like, one leg now. So, he's hopping. (laughs) Justin Herbert uh, jammed his throwing hand, but since he finished the game, might not be a big deal. Yeah, they said they said that one isn't too big of a deal because he came back in and um, he, he didn't really seem to lose any velocity after he came back in. So and Juju in Pittsburgh 
took a nice shot to the ribs, and I don't believe he finished the game, did he? Uh, no, but he was able to finish his TikTok later on, but <laughs> um, somebody better get a handle on that boy. And there are some, uh, some guys who will be out for a while. Uh, Christian McCaffrey got that hamstring injury uh, that pulled up Thursday night. He's not on the IR, uh, coach tells us. Uh, they're saying he's like two to three weeks, maybe even sooner than that. His isn't too bad. James White, on the other hand, up in New England, um, hearing reports that that's pretty much the same injury that Fitzmagic has, so I wouldn't expect to see him much uh, in the near future. Oh, he gone. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he gone. So an already murky New England battlefield gets even crazier. It, it would only be more. It'd only be more official if he was a part of Baltimore's backfield. Oh yes. <laughs> <laughs> and out for the season, tackle monster Blake Martinez has blown out his ACL. So that's all the news and notes and injuries I have. Let's take a look back at those six games we had this week. start with the Ninja Panthers taking on the Awful Waffles. I did have the Awful Waffles picked last week. I went three for three in my picks last week. Six for six the week before, three for three this last week. And the Awful Waffles uh, did not win. Uh, Ninja Panthers were one of the two teams that notched their first win, uh, finished up 169-36 to 153-74. That's a 15.62 point margin of victory for Ninja Panthers. And Kirk Cousins was the matchup MVP. Now, I've got a few thoughts for each team, so feel free to jump in. We'll look at Ninja Panthers first. Again, I said first victory for Ninja Panthers. A couple of players for them really stepped up. George Kittle finally had his first real big game. Seven receptions, 92 yards, nine rushing yards, and managed to tackle. And Saquon finally uh, seems to be getting back into form from his uh, ACL injury. 51 yards and a score. Six receptions for 43 yards. Plus, it really does help that the Ninja Pan or the Awful Waffles just crap the bed. <laughs> Man, he didn't just crap it. He Awful Waffle crapped it. Like, <clears throat> Lamar didn't live up to his expectations. Sutton, who had a big week last week, blew out a tire and unfortunately succumbed to the 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 fact that the Broncos blanked the Jets and you don't really throw it when you when you're up that much. And you know he he lost McCaffrey. Yeah, definitely. You know? you're starting a hole like that, it doesn't help. But I mean he. I mean, Waffle's defense, like, kept a minute. It could have been a lot more ugly. Um, his defense kind of kept him in this one, so. Yeah, that really was. And just to give you some statistical look at that, Awful Waffles had the absolute worst offensive performance this week. Number 12, uh, 91.74 points compared to 62 points from their defense. Yeah, 
Defense was <laughs> defense, <laughs> defense kept him out of the toilet bowl, but I mean, Ninja Ninja Panthers wasn't that far behind. So it's like when you look at his uh, Waffles was sixty under his projected. I mean, Waffle uh, Panthers was only twenty under his. So I mean, you just expect a lot more from uh, from some of those guys. But Kirk Cousins has been playing out of his mind. Um, and, and, the, and the first kid in the first couple of weeks, but you know, he, he tends to kind of blow up, uh, in the middle of the season and come back on strong at the end. So, uh, Ninja Panthers could have, um, made it much more definitive had they actually, uh, placed, uh, Miko Hardman and Jacoby Myers in the, in the lineup this week instead of who they had played, which was Robert Woods and Debo. But I see why they started those guys. That's one of the that's one of those didn't see it coming kind of things. I don't fault him for it. It does it is it is a positive light for awful waffles that OBJ did look pretty decent in his return to action. Yeah, and he's I mean uh, Landry's down, so OBJ should be getting a lot more a lot more touches. That's right. All right, so let's move on to matchup number 2. Flutie Flakes at one and two took on Bear Boondas right. nightmare. I, I was, yeah, man, I was that that was a nightmare in and of itself. <laughs> I did have Flutie Flakes on this one. This is another one I missed on one sixty four seventy to one eighty five oh nine twenty point thirty nine point margin of victory for our other formerly winless team, Bear Boondas I'm saying, like, nightmare. How, how you gonna sleep on me, man? Like, <laughs> I. I sleep on you because I wasn't expecting the matchup MVP Josh Allen to put up a yes, 50 I did. burger. <laughs> 32 completions, 358 yards, four touchdowns through the air, nine rushing yards, and an, a rushing touchdown. That's good enough for the number one quarterback on oh, the man. week. Oh, man. Like I said, it was, if I didn't have that, I would have lost. He's been steady through a couple of weeks, but I did not expect that bunch of an explosion this week. I mean, Mahomes did Mahomes' usual business it's just uh he had Diggs and hill and and obviously brown got hurt they all basically combined for a whopping like 18 points between the three of them and dk had 19 on his own yeah his wide receivers really just disappeared i mean i'm saying like i gotta give it to bizzle a little bit you know, I gotta give him a little bit of a hard time because, you know, I'm starting Quarterell Patterson at <laughs> at running back, and it's like, come on, you can't. Win. I got AJ Green. He's like basically retired. Come on, Bizzle. <laughs> now, now to be fair, uh, running back position didn't look a whole lot better. Gibson had 73 yards, or uh, Gibson's day. <laughs> He had a 73-yard receiving touchdown on one reception, and that was 82% of his points on the day. It's all it takes is one play, man. Yeah, but without that one play, his running backs look a lot like your situation that day. <laughs> well, well, you also got to remember that Jay Williams is splitting it with uh, Melvin Gordon third, and it's like if they hadn't jumped out on the, Gi- uh, the Jets like they did, I don't think they'd have fed him the ball as much. So it could have been worse, Bizzle. You could have been, you could have been in a, 
disgraceful territory. And it does help that uh, DK Metcalf was able to pick up some of Tyler Lockett's slack when Tyler got hurt, too. DK finished with six receptions, 170 yards, and a score himself. He's been kind of slow this season so far. Good to see him. It was uh, Allen and Metcalf finally pulling their weight. That's what it was. Give them some talking to in the uh, locker room after the last couple games, huh? I mean, I had to basically say, you're going to get cut. You know, I'm going to trade you away. All right. Let's move on to game number three. Jim Kelly Hates Cancer took on the E-Town Asian. Now, I'm pretty pretty sure this would qualify as a... uh, as a rivalry game already. Oh yes, this this is definitely a rivalry game. It's kind of funny because every because you know me 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 and Bizzle was a rivalry game. Oh yes, there are so many rivalries. I love it. Uh, I unfortunately this is the other of the three that I I missed. I whiffed on in my uh, pick. Uh, e Town took this one pretty handily, one ninety three sixty two to two twenty one twelve. It's twenty seven and a half points. And E Town had the previously mentioned Miles Garrett and his four and a half sacks. Yeah, that that was big. Right, that was the difference maker, I believe. Him and Hit, him and Hicks, his Jordan Hicks. Jordan Hicks had twenty five points. Yeah, they had, he had he had the same amount of points in two players that Matthias had. Uh, in his whole offense. So, yeah, taking some lessons from the E Town there, Matthias. Yeah, E Town's coming in and, uh, former, how far the former champions have fallen. Yeah, uh, Justin Jefferson did have some nice, uh, a nice day for E Town. Nine receptions, 118 yards, and a score, and a pretty solid running back performances from Henry and Carson. Not splashy like King Henry's last week, but still solid. No, that's that. That's what you're hoping for. That's what they need to put up. And on the other side of the ball, Jim Kelly hates cancer was previously undefeated, but he did get knocked from those ranks. Justin Herbert finally was able to explode 26 completions 281 yards four scores 16 rushing yards and a two-point conversion now truth be told of, of the first three games for him uh this is actually his lowest offensive output with 281 yards big difference though is he connected on four touchdowns no interceptions that was that was really the big difference for him this week and I mean, you're, anytime you're playing Kansas City, you're you walking into a shootout if you're lucky. <laughs> oh yes, and uh, what really did it in for Jim Kelly's cancer? Disappointing performances from an ailing DeAndre Hopkins, Mike Davis against the Giants, who's really losing out on performance in uh, Atlanta. Darren, that's because your boy Cordarrelle stealing and touches. He's he's uh, he's vulturing. Uh, Darren Waller. After you've had like 17 targets in week one, anything less than that doesn't look great. And he's still getting like seven looks, but he's just not what you expect. And Marvin Jones had his first uh, game without a touchdown this year for Jacksonville. So that really did did Marvin stay in. But yeah, so there's game number three. Let's move on to game number four. Hater Tech took on Roster Guard 99. This game finished out at 170.16 to 195.04. That's a, almost a 25-point margin of victory for Roster Guard 99. And Hater Tech sitting at 0-3, looking like this year's whipping boy and the favorite to earn the pierce. Man, I, 
I sure hope so. He, I mean, better him than me, right? <laughs> now, on the positive side, 32 points from his Cleveland running back stack. He got Hunt. He's got uh, Chubb. 32 points from two running backs is nothing to nothing to sneeze at. No, my average is 16. It looks like Mixon and uh, Edmonds combined for just 21. So, uh, way to double down on that on the mistake by the Malik there, Rob. The bad side for uh, for Hater Tech is defense only scored 35 points yeah i'm not i don't even really recognize too many of the the boys on his squad man aside from Chandler jones and cam hayward and well john johnson the third but so i mean does rob really have like a fascination with cleveland now during the draft i i do believe that some of these cleveland players were picked specifically to earn points with the the sun so well hey rob you know how you do that is you just watch it on TV. You don't base your fantasy strategy around. In fact, if I well, actually, you know what? I'm I'm not going to lie. My son's favorite quarterback is Josh Allen. So, man, maybe I'm just maybe I'm a hypocrite. I don't know. For Roster Guide Ninety Nine, I, I before I say anything good, uh, I've got to start out with a little bit of a gut punch for Roster Guide Ninety Nine. Roster Guard and Hater Tech had the two worst defenses on the league. The week roster guard put up 35 points on D de- or hater tech put up 35. Roster guard put up 38 points on defense. These are the two absolute worst defenses on the week by at least 10 points. Even Ninja Panthers, who is historically a pretty weak defense in the league, put up 10 more points than roster guard. So, uh, do something. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, Ro- Rostergaard's points, basically, I mean, his wide receivers carried the day for him. <clears throat> uh, Adams, Williams, and Sanders, I mean, high 20s for each. You know, they. Mike Williams has been uh, a very pleasant surprise, somebody that I slept on, um, especially coming out of last year. Like, he's one of those people, like, you see his name, and you're like, hmm. I don't know, but he's already on pace to destroy his numbers from last year. I mean, he almost has out-touchdowned himself in, in uh, one-third as many targets. Oh, yeah. You add DJ Chark into that mix, and those four – DJ Baby Chark. Those four receivers for Roster Guard 99 put up – the combined for six touchdowns this week, 91.2 points between those four. That's – Almost fifty percent of the team's points. Yeah, you know, and so the 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 big thing for for Johnny is get out there and swap swap out. Well, I mean, Fred Warner, solid. Shaq Barrett, solid. You know, Murray. Um, I mean, he had a decent year last year, but I mean, there's other players out there right now like <clears throat> that uh, you could probably replace him with real quick. Let's see. And then he had, well, he had, he left defensive points on the bench there, Brett. And hey, there's nine top defenders that were not rostered this past week. Running back points on the bench, too. (laughs) Either way, this matchup MVP goes to Mike Williams this week. We'll move on to our next matchup. 
Diamond Dogs took on Gridiron Mafia. I had selected Diamond Dogs to win, and I was right. 189.29, That's 25-point margin of victory for Diamond Dogs. I mean, he he's rocking two of the rookies. He got Chase from Cincinnati and Najee, and um, it's going well for him so far. He has a solid – I mean, player-wise, he has a solid defense. They they kind of underperformed this week. but And Najee, Najee is the matchup MVP this week. And just a couple of fun numbers. Najee was only 14 for 40 on the ground, which for any running back would that's, just be that's, ridiculous. That's the Andre Swift number um, right there. It is. But he had 19 targets. And he, he – that's that, – he was able to to haul in 14 of them for 102 yards. His 19 targets are the second most targets for a running back in a single game in NFL history. Second most. Man, what's that tell you about? What's that tell you about how anemic our offense is? It tells you the top three wide receivers at some point were all out in that game. <laughs> Now, also on Diamond Dog's team this week, uh, Hollywood Brown went, uh, he hauled in three targets, but he had seven targets, and three of them would have been touchdowns. Yeah, that's just one of those, that's like the, that sucks. (laughs) No other way way to say that. Two weeks of finally looking like he'd shaken off those, uh, uh, all those doubters and haters. You drop three touchdowns in the game. And Gronk did not smash, but his ribs did get smashed. Had his normal stat line and four for 55 yards, but no touchdown. Well, real quick, uh, Gronk's x-rays came back clean, so um, they expect him to play this week. For Gridiron Mafia, uh, why is Jonu Smith on this roster? I I bitched about him last week, and he still does nothing. I think he had four yards this week. So here's the deal. Your boy your boy gets an average of five targets, right? He's converted. He had six to, this week, and he caught game, one. Right. Game one, he was five for five. Game two, he was four for five. He's playing with Matt Jones, and uh, it's just one of those things where it, you're not going to be able to depend upon any kind of consistency there because – Mac Jones is still trying to figure his game out. Yeah, and tight end is typically the nice safety black blanket for a, a rookie quarterback. But Hunter Henry through two weeks, especially three now, has proven to be the better tight end for Mac. So again, I ask, I checked today. Johnny was still on the roster when I checked today. <laughs> but DeAndre Swift, even though he doesn't do much on the ground, he's he's getting it done through the air. He had seven receptions for sixty yards through the air. The, the the nice thing about him is that you're gonna get that Austin Eckler kind of production every once in a while, where uh, you know he has like the ten for forty, but um, it just depends upon if he gets loosened in the receiving game. Like week one, 11 targets, week two, five targets, week uh, week three, seven for seven targets. So, you know, that's that's a stat line for a decent wide receiver. <laughs> and then you add in the other 14 touches for about 50 yards and a touchdown. <clears throat> Your boy has a total of 21 targets over 100 yards and a touchdown. That's 
that's just better fantasy stats. If that was all rushing yards, that wouldn't be nearly as 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 lucrative. And Clyde Edwards-Helaire finally had himself a good game. 100 yards on the ground, receiving touchdown, still fumbled again, but he did eclipse that 100-yard mark. Yeah, I'm, I will forever be confused about this guy. Like, number one, where did he even come from? Like, what cause did he go to, you know? I wonder if it's his fault that Andy had to go to the hospital. Yeah, he probably gave Andy a heart attack. Like, a fumble again. Yeah, he was like, man, you fumble, fumble sent me to the hospital, man. Like uh, like the co- like the coach from Major League. Whenever he got so excited, he had that heart attack. On the on the good side, though, uh, Andy is back home and and is supposed to be back at practice. So it's okay that we make jokes. Well, I wonder I wonder if anybody sent him like a welcome home cheesesteak. Mm, cheesecake or cheesesteak? <laughs> nah, cheesesteak, man, because he's got that Philly connection. But yeah, but he's out in KC now. He needs some ribs. All right, let's move on to our final matchup of the week. Night Shift took on Lance Manlove in a long-standing rivalry in the Sparsy division. I had picked Night Shift myself to win. I was right. And at 221.36 to 184.36, that is a 37-point victory or margin of victory on the week. And that earns me... The whoop ass victory of the week. You know what's what's even more interesting about that is your projected only has you different by like six hundredths of a point. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so so basically, you you went over to man's man love and said, "Hey, I'm about to give you a, a, a an ass woman with and into your life." <laughs> what happened <laughs> with your own hand well I, w- I will say you know looking i mean looking at the man love right he doesn't have a terrible top three you know calvin ridley's gonna be one of the top receivers this year claypool has decent game prescott just needs to stay healthy but aside from from uh, you know kelsey and cooks if his defense didn't put up some points that ass whooping would have been like you know, rated R, like <laughs> you, you, you would have beat him by like more like sixty points. <laughs> yeah, his defense was the number two defense on the week. They put up seventy six points, and uh, they they really were the difference maker for Lance Manlove this week. Um, previously undefeated Lance Manlove, might I add, and uh, the running back position continues to be a concern. Uh, Jonathan Taylor is just uh, Indy is just not a good team. Uh, 64 yards on the ground, one reception for eight yards. Damian Harris in New England. I I have stayed away from New England running backs for a while now. Uh, I mean, Damian, 14 yards on the ground. He had two receptions for negative three receiving yards. And this is with James White going down. Damian was supposed to be this highly touted guy coming in, and Damian's done nothing. He's losing touches to Brandon Bolden. Uh, just not a good situation for the running back for Lance Maylove. Now, for Night Shift, had a, running back's been slow getting started, but this week, solid. E, uh, Zeke was the number one running back on the week. 
had uh, 95 yards and two scores on the ground, three receptions for 21 yards. Uh, Anthony Madison coming in in place of the injured uh, Dalvin Cook, man. Dalvin Cook. 112 yards and on the ground, six receptions for 59 yards through the air. And Austin Eckler, 55 yards and six receptions for 52 yards and a score. Uh, pretty solid week for running back. And uh, mentioned Lockett earlier. Not a great day since he got injured. Uh, Pascal, wide receiver I meant to take out of lineup before the day started. Didn't remember to. <laughs> But Cooper, couple of touchdowns again this week. Uh, matchup MVP, nine for ninety-six and two touchdowns. If I hear one more time, how many? How often him and <laughs> he and his quarterback have breakfast together? Oh, man, every announcing team I hear have to bring that up a few times every game. Man, you know, you know what needs to happen. Cooper Cup, you know, like he, he sounds like a toddler. Like the man, it sounds like you're in my son's preschool. Like, come on, man. But you know what's even what's even funnier? This this is kind of funny. Um, so my nephews on my wife's brother's kids, they live in Texas, and one boy is named Ezekiel, and one boy is named Elliot. And not even kidding, they don't watch football, so. But it just so happens that they live down there in Texas, and their boys are Ezekiel and Elliot. Elliot. And every oh, time that is so good, I know. So uh, <laughs> it's just you know. But you know what's really cool though? This this game actually had my favorite kicker duel, my kicker duel of the week, because it was T Bass versus Aku. Right? You couldn't get a better <laughs> kicker matchup. Then your boy Haku uh, and kick his ass T-Bass, right? Like, it doesn't get better than that. So that is our six games of week three. Let's look back at, uh, hand out some hardware for our offensive and defensive players of the week. Now, for Telnet, uh, it's pretty easy. I try to stay away from giving the awards to quarterbacks when I can just because it's so easy to give it to them. But Josh Allen just did mm-hmm. so much this week I had to. Quarterback for Bear Boonda, uh Read his line before. And you're not you're not just saying that to you're oh, not just no, saying no. that to make me feel good. I mean, <laughs> he 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 put a first class ass whooping on the on the WFT. Which you know what? I don't know why Washington football team doesn't just change their name to WTF and just make some you can make some really cool t shirts instead of W WFT. I, I read his uh, line earlier, but here it is again. 32 completions, 358 yards, four touchdowns through the air, nine rushing yards, and a touchdown on the ground for 54.06 points. The Sparsy Offensive Player of the Week, Cooper Cup, wide receiver for night shift. I just read his line. Nine receptions, 96 yards, two touchdowns, 26.10 points. 
the Telnet Defense Player of the Week, Miles Garrett, defensive lineman. Yeah, man, that he 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 put up a monster day. There was no one else even close in the Telnet conference. Uh, for E Town, four and a half sacks, which is a Cleveland Browns team record. Add to that six tackles and a tackle assists for thirty-seven point forty points. And for Sparcy, Defensive Player of the Week, uh, Cole Holcomb, linebacker for night shift. Ten tackles and four assisted tackles. Good for 19.20 points. Man, they had that Cole Holcomb rated pretty high in in the pre-draft rankings. And, uh, I mean, I did some research on him, but I didn't see any of that coming, which... Hey, we're going to be talking about that real soon, aren't we? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. He was a shot in the day. He was a dart throw for me on draft day. I, I, I just got I got lucky. Sometimes it's better to be lucky than good, right? Oh, it's always better to be lucky than good. All right. Well, let's move into a really fun segment, the Poopers of the Week. The Brown Note! Yo, McGuire! Basically, this category is summed up in this. Man, your boy just laid a deuce right up there on the field. Hey, might as well not even have shown up. That's right. And for some of these, it might as well not have. And I remember, as I say every week, I do not consider players who were injured in the game as poopers because, well, they were injured. And poopers did have to underperform and start for their NFFL team. We'll start with a special poop award for... Ugh. I had to grab my soundboard here because I got to make sure. I thought you were taking a dump. <laughs> I just realized how that sounded. I was I was like, okay, first, I'm not going to let this go. First, you made like a Cooper Cup pun. And, and now, you, now you're making fake dump noises. It's like, oh, man. Uh, no, I'm leaning back in my chair and I reached forward to grab the iPad. And it just, I, I, I wasn't thinking what my sounds were like. But a special, special week three pooper for Hollywood Brown for dropping three easy touchdowns. From there, we go to TJ Hawkinson, James Bradbury, Daniil Hunter, Damian Harris, Robert Lost in the Woods, Jayon Brown, Cortland Sutton, Ty- yeah. <laughs> Tyreek, I dropped the ball hill, Noah Fart, also known as Noah Fant. Yeah, we'll see, there you go again. Yeah. Rondale Moore, Rayshon Jenkins. If I could give you if I could give you $5 for every time Bizzle try to trade Rondell more to me. <laughs> uh, trying to te- trying try to tell me that he was something special. Well, Bizzle, Bizzle, I hope you're listening. Your boy Rondell's on the shit list. Kyle is the pits. KJ Osborne, Chris Jones, not the quarterback Josh Allen, the defensive player for the Jacksonville Jaguars. Devin Bush, Johnu Smith, Amari is back to the nickname Amari Pooper. Um, and yes, yes, the reports have come out about his ribs, but he played through them, and he still was attempting to. So I'm, I'm letting his name stay. Uh, John Johnson the third, Max Crosby, and Julio Julio Jones. Julio Julio Jones. These are your poopers of week three. Not good enough, damn it! Not 
And the week three Doe Awards. Top three players who were great on the bench. Only the losing teams were eligible. Mike Gesicki for Awful Waffles, tight end. Projected at 7.19, racked up 13.6. It's about a six and a half point difference. James Conner for Lance Man Love. I was surprised by this one. Yeah, that one one was like... It caught me by surprise. Yeah, projected at 10.2, put up 17.8. Uh, it's uh, just over seven and a half point difference. And Tyler Conklin, tight end for Awful Waffles, 6.38 projection, put up 16 and a half. That's over 10 points left on the bench. Although, depending on which tight end was in that slot, could have been more. <laughs> and he should have had that inside track because that's Minnesota. I mean, Ty's a Minnesota guy. Um, he should have had that. He should have had that knowledge. Should have. Definitely. And, yeah, I don't know what to say there. Ty, you, you, you done screwed up. <laughs> you done messed up. A.A. Ron. That's right. So, those are your awards for the week. Before we look ahead at next week, Danny Danny and I got a little something special for you. I did not see that coming. Didn't see that coming. I did not see that coming. I didn't see that coming. That's like an explosive twist. (laughs) YouTube is a wonderful thing. (laughs) (laughs) that's awesome i love that yeah so uh we're just gonna take a minute here and share some things that we uh didn't see coming uh so far we're three weeks in entering our week four uh roughly about a third of the way through the season we're up to a 17 game season but uh nice little periodic check-in so fresh prince what uh what's something you did not see coming this year Man, I did not see the Las Vegas Raiders coming, especially in that division, because it's like you expect the Chiefs just to don't like I expect the Chiefs basically to only lose twice in a year. And for them to already be, I mean, they're basically on the bottom of the division right now. They won't stay there. But I did not see the Raiders at three and oh. After three weeks. I got us go within the fantasy realm for this one. Uh, my, my first one is within the NFFL. I did not expect to see Hater Tech be this bad. <laughs> you, you sure? I did. I, I did not. Uh, he, you had higher You had higher <laughs> hopes for the Hater Tech. <laughs> When the I, man, I tra- when the man, listen, when the man trades Tyreek Hill away, <laughs> he deserves whatever he gets. Uh no, no, I, uh, no, I had higher hopes. I had man, higher hopes. he 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 traded Tyreek Hill away like, you know, like for the soup and the birthright. It was like anybody, like with any kind of a, like football brain would go. That was just dumb. I don't care who you're. I don't care who you're trading for. That was just dumb. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Last couple of weeks, I, I I'm throwing some serious shade on that trade because I'm mad about it. <laughs> you just wish you were at the receiving end of it. 
I know. I mean, why can't I receive a dumb trade? I need a wide receiver. <laughs> All right, give me another one. I think uh, simultaneously, um, in terms of like, uh, I did not see the Los Angeles Rams at three and zero either. I thought basically trading away Goff and bringing in um, the dude from Detroit, uh, Matthew Stafford, was. I just didn't make sense to me. And I, I, I really thought that, you know, Seattle was going to kind of be at, at the top and San Francisco and Arizona are going to kind of fight for the middle. I mean, I expected the NFC North to suck and basically the NFC South. Uh, I mean, Carolina's, I mean, sitting on top right now. It's like, it's like up is down and down is up. It doesn't make no damn sense. <laughs> And that's just in the standings, but wait till we get to who the leaders are statistically. Mm-hmm. Yep. yep. All right. Well, I'll stick with your Los Angeles there. I'll go back. Uh, I'll go a little offense. I, I had uh, an inkling that bringing Stafford in was going to be a, 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 a good move for the Rams because Goff just got, they did as much as they could with Goff. And I, I've liked Stafford for a while. I've had him a, a few times in fantasy. Boy, that sounds like a really bad sentence out of context. Um, but I did not expect Stafford coming in to have this profound an impact on Cooper Cup. I've had Cooper Cup on my squad since he was a rookie, and I've never had this kind of success from him. And I did not expect that kind of an explosion just from bringing in Matthew Stafford. Well, and Matthew Stafford's at that point in his career where he's not throwing the deep outs to Megatron anymore or to Golden Tate or anybody like that. So your boy Cooper Cup, who wears the inside, he's, he's, he's getting that Wes Welker money right now. All right, what else you got? Got one more? No, I'm just uh, just just take a real quick glance around who the top top three in each category are. Here we go. Passing yards: Derek Carr, Tom Brady, Kyler Murray. Right? Not who I would have imagined. Derek Carr being number one right now. No way. He's not going to stay there. I promise you. But at least through right now, it's like what? I did not see that coming. In in terms of running backs, to be perfectly honest, I was hating on your boy Joe Mixon. There's I, I did not see him coming this year. I just didn't see it. Like it goes, Derrick Henry, Mixon, Chubb. You know, Henry and Chubb, sure, right? And then Lamar Jackson's basically like a you know ten yards behind Chubb. But um, outside of that, uh, the people who were on top last year are not on top this year. McCaffrey seven, uh, Dalvin Cook ten, and Kamara sixteen. Man, it's like from one year to the next, it it just doesn't make sense. And then in terms of uh, passing passing yards um, or receiving yards, rather, um, you got Cup. And then here we go. You ready for this? Debo Samuel. <laughs> Somebody better call Craig and get over here right now because Debo is done stealing your bike and your chain and all your money. Second behind Cooper Cup. And then you got Brandon Cooks. 
somebody who like has just kind of played uh you know played it quiet ever since he's ever since he left um new orleans like from new orleans to uh i want to say he he went to new england i think after that and now he's in houston it's like okay well, i didn't really see that coming and then Tyler Lockett on uh, over over and above what Me- uh, Metcalf has going on, Mike Williams emerging over Keenan Allen. It's like what? Uh, C.D. Lamb, you know, doing decent, right? But <clears throat> and then in terms of uh, on the defensive side of the ball, when you're just looking from a tackle standpoint, you know, Bobby Wagner with 44 to be expected, right? He's a tackle machine. Eric Kendricks to be expected. Now, big ups to Denzel Perryman, who used to be a charger. Now he's out there in Las Vegas holding it down. Then you got Cole Holcomb. And like, uh, so four and five, you got Cole Holcomb at four, tied with Foye Oluquan. And it's like, try to say those two names back to back fast. And then finish with Devondre Campbell. <laughs> you know? It's like, man, did not see any of that coming. Um, I don't even, Alex Singleton looks like he got a mullet. Like, I don't even know who that dude is, but he's in the top 10. So, down is up and up is down, Brett. That's what I know. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and that's all there is to it. <laughs> I did not see that coming. I did not see that coming. I didn't, I also did not see. Uh, the Vikings beating the Seahawks this past week. I didn't. I didn't. I didn't see that coming, and I didn't see the Rams beating the Buccaneers coming. I did not see um, the Chargers beating the Chiefs, and uh, everything else. You can kind of, you know, probably would have had a good week picking it that way. But those were ones that just did not see coming. All right. So, uh, Fresh Prince, uh, I'm going to put you on the spot here a little bit. Yeah, go for it. All right, I've been thinking about this a lot, and I think our league is lacking something. A giant. As you can all see, all of our teams suck. Some of the lineups aren't even legal. I would like to propose to you what I call the eight-way trade. We don't have a lot of trading going on currently. We had a buttload before the draft, right before the draft. How many times? I think I think Ben Ben accounted for like 97% of our trades. <laughs> yeah. We, <laughs> how many people did not have uh, what, what's his name for Washington? I'm pretty sure I traded with Ben three times. <laughs> but anyway, we, we haven't had a lot of trade activity, so um I'd like to I'd like to have you propose a couple of trades you think would be interesting in the league right now. I think I think Rob Green needs to benefit from a coaching trade. That's what he needs to benefit from. We need to call Zangus up and get him to come out here and manage that squad because Rob Green's I don't know what the hell you're doing, bro. But I tr- I'm just gonna trust that you have you have a plan. I would love to see somebody who doesn't really trade that much um historically i want to see um rev and jonathan edwards trade i want to see a trade between these two guys and i would love to see 
I, you know what? I'm going to go out there and I'm going to say Mike Williams. I want, I want to see John put up Mike Williams. And I want to see Rev put up Saquon Barkley. That's what I want to see. Or George Kittle. I want to see Kittle, Kittle or Barkley from Mike Williams. That has some intrigue to me. Interesting. Intrigue. It definitely does. Does, does, does. It's got some intrigue. And then uh, just to just to throw it on there for, you know, just because you know Ben trades so much. But um, if you look at it right now, at least in the strength of schedule slash points uh, points four, it's it's pretty well in hand that uh, the Diamond Dogs, the Shift, and the Man Love right now kind of have a decent command on things where it's, you know, basically Jim Kelly hates cancer and, you know, everybody else is kind of in the mid fives. So it's a stronger division right now. I don't think it's going to stay that way. I do. I do believe that a trade that could shake it up uh, because the last one was across divisions, but I want to make an intra division trade if you're ready for it. All right, I want to see Jim Kelly hates cancer. I want to see him trade Aaron Jones. You ready? I want to see him trade with the Flutie Flakes um, for Stephen Dix. I want to see that one. I want to see Stephen Diggs for uh, Aaron Jones. Running back for uh, wide receiver. Because, you know, deep down, Chuck loves the Bills, right? And, you know, Connor needs a running back because when you got C. Hubbard uh, holding it down, even though he had a decent kind of stand-in, um, you know, when, you, when your boy is named Chuba, when your running back's named Chuba, I mean, it might as well be Fuamatu Ma'afala for all I care. Um, plus, plus, plus Connor, Connor, Connor secretly has the handcuff already, already set up because he got uh, Dylan on the bench. So, um, I think you just complete that handcuff. Uh, and alleviate some of his his running back woes. Now, if you if if you were to swap QBs, if you were to do a QB swap in the league, I think it would be very interesting to see what Kyler Murray could do for a squad like Hater Tech. I would like to see Lamar Jackson from the Waffles go to man love for Dak Prescott. Alright, so those are some interesting trades that the Fresh Prince of Fantasy would love to see happen. Oh, I would love to see some of that. Before we move into uh, uh, next week's matchups, uh, I've got Ben is gonna be calling in with me a little bit later. Oh no, are you for real? Yeah. So after we're done recording here, Ben is... Uh, so he's got a little segment for us, so I'll, I'll plug that in. So we'll plug that in right here. So, gentlemen, we have a uh, a brand new segment this week, starring our very own Benjamin Hoadley, 
I'm just going to call it Ben's Bets. Now, Ben's, uh, Ben's doing some interesting stuff these days. Uh, he's, you know, flying around the world in his private jet and saving lives around the world on his day job. Now, Ben did something rather interesting with some of our lineups. So, uh, Ben, tell me a little more about what you have done with the NFFL out in the real world this week. Well, I thank you, Ed. For, uh, I want to say thank you first for having me on the show. I uh, appreciate you putting this together. And uh, hopefully this will probably provide a little entertainment to our folks and uh, encourage some bad habits along the way. Because that's what we're more about. Always, always the mission. So anyways, hey, guys. Hey, the league. Uh, yeah, I started a new hobby of mine in addition to all the other world-saving and jet-setting lifestyle stuff I do on a weekly basis. Uh, decided to... Uh, Throw a little money at some uh, sports betting. Uh, don't worry for those of uh, accountants and, and um, financial types out there. I'm being responsible, budgeting. For those uh, who think it's a sin, well, I'm going to hell anyway. So uh, just say prayer for me. Danny, tell me how many rosaries I need to do and I'll, I'll do it. So, um, again, uh, if any of you have a gambling problem, uh, call one 800 uh I suck at gambling or just call one of your nails pals and we'll kick your ass and get you straight. Uh, this is all meant to be good fun and, and nothing serious. So this is the contest. Uh, what I did was I entered all of uh, Telnet's uh, rosters uh, into draft Kings, uh, entered them into a 1.75 million overall winning contest with first prize being a hundred thousand. So took each team uh, and uh, inputted the rosters and rolled the dice and see where you guys ended up. So that's the purpose of the night, to have a little fun. Let you know what rosters uh, I put in and where you guys ended up. Head, any questions, comments, anything I need to clean up before we move on? Uh, no, I think we're pretty good. Just want to clarify, DraftKings is not a sponsor of the NFFL podcast, but if they would like to become a sponsor, I am fully open to that possibility. Ben, you may proceed. Why, thank you, sir. appreciate that fine print there. Absolutely, I would take that on, and I get 10% of that uh, sponsorship. If it happens, when it happens, you got it. You got it. So Ben, walk us through, uh, you, you mentioned you put all six teams in. So how'd they do for you? Well, uh, not great. Uh, out of, uh, six submissions that cost me three bucks a piece. That's a total of $18 to put, uh, all of Telnet into the draft Kings. Only one team made me money. And that was, uh, the old goat that just celebrated his 275th game as a, NFFL um, manager, John, who placed uh, 6,954th in the world with the uh, starting quarterback of Joe Burrow. Um, I think the rest of the five, uh, the best finish was 217th thousandth, all the way up to 636,000. So um everyone sucked and at least john placed in the top ten thousand in the world for this uh particular competition 
With his roster of Joe Burrow, Joe Mixon, Chris Edmonds, Mike Williams, DJ Shark, Emmanuel Sanders, Mark Andrews, DJ Metcalf, and the Broncos defense. Uh, that effort awarded uh, me 20 bucks, and that's where we're at. John, Majuson, Keish, everyone else? You suck! That's right. <laughs> so I'm hoping uh, that Sparcy Conference next week can make me a little more cheddar. All right. I'm, I'm hoping so, too. Well, thank you, sir, for that uh, lovely new distraction for us, and uh, hopefully it nets you some more cheddar. Uh, in the long run, I look forward to next week's update and uh, maybe a little more creativity on down the line. Uh, DraftKings does a great job of making an endless amount of competitions that keep people coming back for more. And again, to those uh, financially conservative and uh, religiously faithful who believe betting is not a thing you should do, I'm all good. I'm in a safe place and I've got good people around me. It's all right. <laughs> all right. We'll check in with you again next week, Ben. Thank you, sir. Have a good week. Touchdown! Let's move on to our look ahead at week four's six matchups. So the first matchup that I have on my screen is myself versus Hater Tech. All right, that's we we got Hater Tech and Bear Boonda. So the the super projected early outcome uh, when I uh, was doing my prep had Bear Boonda winning by about twelve. Yeah, I got a probability of two percent win over him. <laughs> now for Hater Tech. Uh, their defensive rank, we, we've already gone over and over uh, Hater Tech's defense, but they've ranked 9th, 12th, and 12th the last three weeks, and they need to do something to shake up that defense there. Maybe, maybe offer up one of those uh, stack receivers or stack running backs you got there. Work out some uh, a nice trade with E-Town for some good, solid defenders. Um, I, I don't like the Tampa Bay stack this week. Uh, Antonio Brown's coming back from the COVID list this week. And when Antonio's in the lineup, Godwin suffers. And uh, Antonio is definitely going to be featured in Tom Brady's, Tom, Brady's, Tom Brady's first ever action in New England, not as a Patriot. <laughs> you just know that's going to happen. What do you think about Hater Tech this week? Man, I hope I hope he goes down in flames. Truthfully, <laughs> okay. Now, 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 be analytical about it. Be an analyst about it. Well, okay. So, you know, the one thing you didn't notice was I actually had a, a, a spot on my team that I hadn't filled yet. Um. So now that I have filled it, the projections have actually risen. Uh, in my favor, one ninety-seven to uh, one eighty-four. Uh, two. What I'm worried about, Brett. Um, what I'm honestly worried about this week is the the Cleveland tandem. I'm worried about the Cleveland tandem, and anytime Justin Tucker uh, is kicking, it's like all right. Dude's gonna have like ten field goals, but in terms of his defense, like 
I guess the only thing I could say is uh, I'm just I hope that he plays the same as he did this week. <laughs> you know, so I don't think Russell. I think Russell Wilson's going to have a better game. Uh, I think Pittman's going to underperform. Mike Evans is going to have a better game. It's on Sunday night, so they're going to they're going to ball out. Sammy Watkins is hit or miss. Um, but I think the, the 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 two players to watch on his team, or at least who I'm going to be sweating, is the Cleveland running back uh, tandem. All right. So what about uh, let's look at Bear Bunda's lineup now? Can Cordero Patterson make it three weeks of double digit points in a row? What do you think? I would love to think so since he's playing the WPF. <laughs> um, I really hope that Atlanta lights them up. But um, yeah, I think more. I think I, I, I think more of it's going to rest on what the rest of my wide receivers do. I think Cordero will be okay. T. Johnson is probably not going to be on the squad by the time we get to game time. And Ayuk is probably not going to be in that space. I got some work to do here later in the week in in my later week stuff. But basically, uh, you look at my defense and, you know, my defense puts up offensive numbers. And that's that's kind of how I've been trying to supplement things with not having um, I basically got one really good skill player, <laughs> yeah. and and that's and that's DK Metcalf, and it's like, uh, I don't know, I don't know if that's gonna be enough to carry it, but I'm looking at your, I'm looking at your offense. Yeah, I mean Ty Johnson, Kyle Pitts. Uh, I mean, I don't like either one of them. Ayuk hasn't been stunning. AJ Green is becoming. The de facto number two or one, depending on the week, with Christian Kirk in there since DeAndre is ailing, and he gets the Rams, and who knows? They their their secondary is nothing well, to sneeze I mean, at. A, 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 AJ, AJ Green was like a nostalgia pick. <laughs> like I picked him because he's nostalgia, but um, same reason why as soon as Josh Gordon. You know, you know, like there are players that you just hope for that someday. Like you just like you draft them or you you, you pick them up and you're like, I hope you do okay. Oh yeah. Josh Gordon is one of those dudes for me. If Josh Gordon, I don't know what it was. It was like the one year in Cleveland where he just blew it up, <clears throat> and then he had like several drug offenses. But like, um, he's one of those dudes, and. Um, Ayuk is one of those dudes too. Like, I kept Ayuk. I, I mean, <laughs> but he basically left me left me high and dry weeks one and two, and it's just like, come on, man. <laughs> I am actually picking Hater Tech to upset just because I needed an upset this week. Uh, well, hey, I mean, I, I'm not going to be surprised <laughs> if he does, mainly because I talk trash on him. I don't know. Maybe it's my penance for for talking so much smack on him in the podcast this week, but I am picking him to to surprise and and pull an upset. Yeah, I mean, if I if if I was anything better than one and two, 
then maybe I'd be upset, but I'm wanting to. So, you know, if you beat me right now, I'm not going, I'm not going to lose sleep over it. So let's move on to our next one. And we're going to look at Lance Manlove at two and one taking on awful waffles at one and two. Now the super early projected outcome is that Lance Manlove takes it by about a touchdown uh, for awful waffles. They've underperformed for three weeks straight and uh, they've been number 11 and number 12 overall on two of those weeks. And they've been in bottom eight offense all three weeks. Uh, they're number 10 uh, point-wise year-to-date on offense and defense. Um, they need Dalvin back healthy if they're going to do anything. Uh, what do you think about Awful Waffles? Uh, somebody better tell Awful Waffles to get McCaffrey off his starting roster. I noticed that, yeah. Because right now your boy, <laughs> your boy is out. Yeah, he's got. A, <laughs> hope you realize. He's got a few days, but I mean, it is only Tuesdays we record you, this. But yeah, <laughs> I'm just saying, you know, like I, I normally try to make sure that I don't, because I can forget, and sometimes I got stuff going on, and I just want to make sure that my roster's set, but. Um, yes, I hope you remember to swap that out, man. Um, but other than that, like his bench, his bench needs some help. Mm -hmm. Waffles needs to take a deep look at his bench and uh, make some moves here. Uh, I think uh, here's what I'm going to say. I'm going to say, I think man love pulls it out, not because he's great, but because somebody like a Kelsey and Cooks. And uh, Kendrick's on defense. Yeah, he's going to have a few people overperform. And I think that's just going to carry him over to Waffles this week. Uh, and for, uh, yeah, for, for Lance, I don't like their offense this week. They're still struggling to find that reliable running back. It's not, I don't think it's on their roster. They're, I think they're going to need that strong defense to bail them out unless, you know, someone on that offense like the Kelsey or the Cooks finds that second gear. So I'm going to pick them to win unless Dalvin Cook comes back 100% like Thursday and has a couple of full days of practice. Yeah, and even so, he's coming back against Cleveland, and I just think Minnesota's going to have trouble this week. So that's matchup number two. Let's look at... Gridiron Mafia at one and two, taking on Night Shift at two and one. The super early projected outcome is that Night Shift takes this one by about 25 points. Uh, for Gridiron Mafia, you've got some fun uh, play there with the Tom Brady revenge game, that, and especially after his uh, down performance against Los Angeles last week. I saw a meme floating around with him with his head in his hands on the uh, bench with something along the lines of um, praying for New England next week or something like that. So you've got that fun narrative there. You've got A.B. coming back healthy. You've got Tom going back to New England. And, yeah, he wants to make a statement. So uh, I think Tom's going to finish the week number one QB, and he'll probably pull a Josh Allen. Um Tight end. You think you think they're gonna you think he's gonna send a message to Belichick? Oh yes. <laughs> I do. I wouldn't doubt that. Yeah. Now uh, at tight end, I am pulling up. I, I am looking live right now. It is ten thirty six Tuesday, September twenty eighth. And Gridiron Mafia still has Jonu Smith in the tight end spot. Oh my come on. Come on, Jono. <laughs> 
still. Come on, Joe. Uh, what, do you, what do you think about Gridiron Mafia this week? Man, I okay, so matchup wise, I think Brady and Stafford will cancel each other out. Uh Cooper and Cup, which is funny because it's Amari Cooper and Cooper Cup. So Amari Cooper Cooper Cup. That matchup I think will cancel itself out. I think Lockett will uh, win the matchup with Schuster. I see McLaren winning the matchup with Davis. I see Eichler winning the matchup with uh I think Kansas City gonna lose to Philly. I'm gonna put that out there right now. Um I see Eichler winning the one. I, I see Ezekiel Elliott winning the DeAndre Swift matchup. I know for certain that Hawkinson's gonna be whatever is John O. Smith uh, got going on. Tyler Boyd's gonna catch typhoid fever for uh for his trash talking against the Steelers. Uh you got T Bass versus Suckup. See Buffalo kicking more field goals. Um I see Fitzpatrick being actually Fitzpatrick and Abram is probably the most balanced matchup so far in this uh in this in this deal because Minka's gonna get tested by Rogers a ton. And you know the charge the the Chargers Las Vegas game. You better watch that game. I think that's game of the week. And then you have Vaughn Miller versus Perryman. Now I believe that Perryman is gonna blow that blow that matchup out just because he's just been on fire this year and Vaughn Miller's been super quiet. I'd say wide receiver the only uh the only real area for night shift that I'd I'd be watching closely. Corey Davis actually has a plus matchup in Tennessee as long as Zach Smith isn't throwing into triple coverage. <laughs> He's the obvious number one, and if Zach's Zach, Zach can connect with him, but he's got to be. Well, I'm saying I would I would play C. Davis over D. Mooney. How about that? <laughs> yeah, Mooney. It depends on who's quarterbacking. It, it really does. He's got the skills, and Nagy's already came out and said all three quarterbacks are options. So who the hell knows? And uh, Nagy's gonna get <laughs> run out of town on a on a telephone pole. Nagy's gonna be fired at the bye week. Uh, I am picking night shift to win this one. Um, yeah, let's move on. Uh, next up, we're gonna look at uh, Flutie Flakes at one and two taking on E Town Asian. I gotta find like every different way to pronounce that one I can. Uh, super- I'm I'm not I'm not even sure like. I'm not even sure how I would pronounce it. <laughs> the super early projected outcome is that Flutie Flakes is going to win this one by a whole heck of a lot. Uh, for Flutie Flakes, I already mentioned AB in Tampa Bay with against New England. I like it. I'm also interested in seeing what Chupa da, Chupa Chuba does in place of C-Mac against Dallas. Uh, and for E-Town... Hunter Henry against Tampa Bay and Miles Sanders against Kansas City could be glory plays. Their matchups are good, but their usage year-to-date might not indicate success. But uh, Mac's going to need to throw against Tampa Bay, and Hunter is obviously the better of the two tight ends there. And E-Town has three players on their roster currently on IR. E-Town needs to go to the hospital, like... (laughs) I mean, Blake Martinez, you need to get him off your roster, homie. Yeah. Like, don't even I, – yeah. I know keeping Irv Smith is something, but, you know, T.Y. Hilton and uh, losing Blake Martinez, you got to 
uh, open up some of that roster space. All right, so give me give me your brief on this one. Uh, let's just see. I see Rogers beating Mahomes. I see Julio beating Diggs. I see Jefferson beating Hill only because Philly has been so good on defense. Uh, I see Minnesota and Cleveland kind of being more of a back and forth. Uh, I see Ruggs over Brown, Henry over Gibson, Carson over Hubbard, Fant and Henry as uh, toss up. I see Miles Sanders over Jane Williams, Arizona kicker over Denver kicker. So I think the Denver Baltimore game is going to be low scoring. Um, you got Wagner versus Campbell, two big tackle guys. I see Garrett over Bosa, and I definitely see Leonard over Blake Martinez. You need to get Blake Martinez out your lineup right now. I don't know. Blake could Blake could make Balake could make that miracle comeback. Man, I, he gonna need healed and his leg put back together. I don't see that happen anytime soon. I am picking Flutie Flakes rebound from their loss last week. Uh, not entirely because Balake is on the roster, but just as a whole. I I am picking Flutie Flakes. Our next matchup we want to look at, I am projecting to be our Toilet Bowl Game of the Week. And that's the Diamond Dogs at 3-0 taking on the Ninja Panthers at 1-2. This is the super early projected outcome. Diamond Dogs take this by two touchdowns. Kyler Murray, very interesting, gets the Rams, but has some suspect weapons on offense. And for Ninja Panthers, Jacoby Myers could be huge with Mack needing to throw against Tampa Bay and Christian Kirk against the Rams. Uh, between him and AJ, they're probably the only offense that I would really trust for uh, Arizona. Uh, and both teams, let's be honest, both teams are going to need to throw to come from behind if they have a shot at winning in the real world. What do you think about this toilet bowl game of the week? I think quarterbacks are evenly matched. Uh, wide receivers are actually wide receiver matchups are pretty good. I think it comes down to who wins the running back battle. I, I see Barkley having a better day than Najee. Uh, Montgomery having a better day than Drake because how could you be sure that Drake's even going to get the ball? Because last week Peyton Barber just rolled up and took all his touches. <laughs> so uh, I see Lamb, uh, I see Kittle over Gronk only because Kittle needs to be over Gronk. CD Lamb over Myers. I see Carlson over uh, um, over Kicker Myers. And last but not least, Shaq Thompson taking out Jay Brooks. So there are some people on the bench that I think I would give a hard look at, especially for the Diamond Dogs. I mean, it would basically be who do you think has the better chance or the better matchups at this point? Yeah, I'm taking Diamond Dogs in this one. Uh, I mean, I I don't think it'll be as close as it says on paper. Uh, I just I don't trust a lot of what. Ninja Panthers is going to trot out there. Yeah, like I said, I don't see Drake really pulling anything in. I see, uh, I see Tampa Bay keeping New England's offense in check. Honestly, now if Daryl Henderson is is able to tolerate his bruised ribs, this this could be a pretty competitive matchup matchup offensively. I'll say that, but I am picking Diamond Dogs to win this one, and that takes us to our final matchup. And our game of the week. Yeah. 
This is Rostegard versus Jim Kelly. That's right. Both teams at two and one. And the super early projected outcome is that Jim Kelly hates cancer is going to take out Rostergard by about 13 points. Now for Jim Kelly hates cancer, it's uh, Waller at tight end versus that middle of the pack defense for the Chargers. This could be a week that Waller kind of pops back up to that uh, week one performance. And for roster guard, you've got Mixon leading that Cincy run-heavy offense against that soft, soft Jacksonville defense. Uh, and two defenses that year-to-date are only separated by 20 points accumulated. So give me your thoughts on this one. Well, I'm, I'm going to say right off the top of my head, uh, I, I think the quarterback battle is going to be a good one. Evenly matched, Adams and Hopkins will cancel each other out. Williams and Thielen will cancel them uh, each other out. John has the edge in the Emmanuel Sanders-Marvin Jones matchup. I think Mixon and uh, Jones is pretty even. Uh, it depends on what, ha- you know, Edmonds and Davis are second-tier running backs. I think Waller's going to uh, play heavier in the tight end battle. And they basically, in, in their wide receiver tight end spot, they basically just got pooped poop put there you got Naheem Hines and, and uh, <laughs> T. Patrick it's like okay could you find anyone else kicking match looks pretty even Cunningham versus Warner's even Smith Barrett even have you ever have you ever noticed that some players they just got their projectors all wrong and they never go back and fix it uh-huh. Vigil's one of those people Vigil should probably have a 14 or 15 projected just because he just tackles so many people you know I think Poyer's gonna win the Harrison Smith battle and then Chase Young I think is gonna get the Matt Ryan more often than Crosby will get the Herbert and then lastly uh Queen is going to have uh, more to work with in terms of facing that Denver running game, then I think Baker is going to face in Indiana. So if I were roster guard, I would pull Galladay off the bench and drop him in for Hines like right now. And if I were Jim Kelly, I would pull Melvin Gordon the third off the bench and I would drop him in for T. Patrick. Sobering thoughts to take into advice under advisement, gentlemen. I am picking Jim Kelly hates cancer to come out of this one victorious. So those are your six matchups. Let's take a look, check in on the Telnet versus Sparsi competition. Now, there were no other head-to-heads this week between the two conferences, so it still remains Telnet zero wins, Sparsi two wins. Uh, we'll get into more of those coming up. I don't think we have any inter-conference games this week either. Uh, so far... Uh, Telnet has scored collectively 2,262.75 points, and Sparcy has scored 2,304.95 points. Uh, so still pretty close to each other, uh, pretty neck and neck. Yeah. Three weeks in, not too bad. Seems pretty, pretty even. Seems like the uh, re- realignment is working. Gotta love that little nod to the past. And as we get ready to to head out for the week, my picks for the week are Lance Manlove, unless Dalvin Cook is healthy. Night Shift, Flutie Flakes, Diamond Dogs, Jim Kelly Hates Cancer, and Hater Tech in an Upset. Went three and three last week. I'm in picks, so I am 14 and four in the season. Uh, I'd like to think... Thank the Fresh Prince 
of Fantasy for being here as uh, my guest co-host. And anytime, anytime. Yes, yes. Have you back sometime soon. And Ben, for what you have shared with us. All right, so remember, you can buy NFFL swag on Redbubble at bit.ly slash Nellis NFFL. Buys this week, there are none. It's only week four. And Thursday night football this week, it's Jacksonville taking on Cincinnati. Have a good week, my friends. Stay classy and... Uh, make sure you get them injured people off your rosters, boys. Especially if they're an injured reserve. Yep, you've been put on notice. We'll see you. NFL Podcast is a production of Head First Studios. Head First Studios, tell your story.